now the number one opioid in the country. Oxycoffins. Excuse me? Don't put that in the notes. We are under investigation. That was from Painkiller. On this episode of Why Watch That. Why Watch That's on a quest to help you find the movies and TV shows you'll love. Buckle in. Edie Flowers, played by Uzo Aduba, enters a fancy law firm. They want to talk to her, and here's why. I am an investigator with the U.S. Attorney. And that U.S. Attorney's office is in Roanoke, Virginia. So Edie's a lawyer, and she's not to be played with. There's no time for idle chit-chat. But things take a turn when the representatives of the law firm tell her what they're up to. It dovetails with something she's tried to figure out for quite some time. Starting with the first time she asked herself, How can something legally prescribed be killing so many people? And that something is OxyContin, a drug she knows all too well. Could you tell me everything you know about OxyContin? You like horror movies? This drug is permeating every part of our community. So this is serious business, which is why Edie doesn't believe that these lawyers will be able to get anywhere near the Sackler family, the family responsible for the creation of OxyContin. After all, she's gone down that road before, and she's always believed that if... Hurt people, you go down. You ever prosecute a company as big as Purdue Pharma? Well, the answer to that question is a definite no, but that was then and this is now. So after Edie learns that these lawyers have come closer than anyone else to pinning the Sacklers down, she opens up and she embarks on a little history lesson, which centers on Dr. Arthur Sackler, played by Clark Gregg, and Dr. Richard Sackler, played by Matthew Broderick, the man who spearheaded the development of Oxy, thereby turning Purdue Pharma into a drug-pushing behemoth. He was motivated by this key insight. All of human behavior is essentially comprised of two things. Run from pain, run toward pleasure. Pain, pleasure, pain, pleasure. If we place ourselves right there between pain and pleasure, we will never have to worry about money again. And that proved to be true. But how did he make it work? Well, the first thing he did was get his hooks into Dr. Curtis Wright, played by co-creator Noah Harpster, the man in charge of Oxy's approval at the FDA. But from the start, Dr. Wright declared Oxy a no-go. So how did Richard change his mind? How did he get Dr. Wright to approve the drug, then join his company and start acting like this? Well, if you want to know the answer to the question, if you want to know how Oxy achieved its runaway success, you have to start with this important point. At the outset, no one knew what it was. Tell me what words you associate with oxycodone. Oxy what? Exactly. So it was Richard's plan to move in stealth. You see, he learned the power of marketing from his uncle and idol, Dr. Arthur Sackler, who, after performing lobotomies and other procedures as a psychiatrist during the first half of the 20th century, made a killing as a drug marketing pioneer. After all, it's much more lucrative to keep selling people pills than it is to do a one-time procedure. So Arthur put a lobotomy in a pill with Thorazine, then brought Valium to a world that didn't know it needed it by way of marketing to housewives, of course. So his insights are what laid the foundation for Oxy's enticing sales pitch, because pain- It's no longer something we have to tolerate. We have an answer. But those chants won't drown out Edie's eventual screams, because 
While she didn't know what she was getting into when she discovered the drug during her investigation into fraudulent medical practices, she does know addiction when she sees it. She knows all too well the pain it can cause. So it was after witnessing the vice grip of this so-called miracle drug during a visit to a small town pharmacy that she decided to find out who was responsible for Oxy and how the whole operation worked. And what she found was a marketing scheme for the ages that relied on the salesmanship of attractive young women, such as sales trainer Britt Hufford, played by Dina Shahabi. You will be convincing doctors to take pain seriously. And she'll show her new trainee, Shannon Schaefer, played by West Duchovny, exactly how that's done. You're the cutest little Oxycontin kitten we've seen in a minute. So as you can see, in exchange for selling the drug to unsuspecting and distracted doctors, Britt and Shannon receive lots of dough. But at what cost? Well, as Shannon comes to find out, it's at the cost of the very patients she thinks they're helping. One brave doctor even called her a drug dealer with a ponytail. You bought that car with the death of a 16-year-old girl. So obviously, he's immune to their tricks. But unfortunately, he's in the minority, which is why so many people were unable to escape Purdue Farmer's reach. And one of those people is Glenn Krieger, played by Taylor Kitsch. As the owner of his own car shop, Glenn's a hardworking guy. With the help of his wife, Lily, played by Carolina Barchak, he's able to provide for their young daughter and his stepson, Tyler, played by Jack Mulhern. But all of that changes one day when Tyler makes a mistake on the job leading to this. Oxycontin is the one to start with and the one to stay with. The more you prescribe, the more you'll help. Which is exactly what Glenn's doctor does. And from there, you can guess what happens. If it's working, which it is, we can increase the dose. Let's kick you up to 40 milligrams. It doesn't just kill people. It destroys the family and friends. He is in pain. He is addicted to pills. And it's your fault. But figuring out who's at fault is the easy part. Because as Edie says, They are doing the exact same thing as every crack dealer in America. Except they are getting rewarded for it. They know they are killing people. So will Edie and her boss, played by Tyler Ritter, and their team, and anyone else who seeks justice actually find it? They better be ready. Because the people on the other side will. Run you over with my car and crush your skull. Then you'll give me Oxycontin and make it right. Richard Sackler. Hello. You were... You did a good job making all that money, sir. Thank you. All right, painkiller. Um, before we get into this, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, comment on this episode. We love to hear from you. Painkiller miniseries uh, brought to us by good old Netflix. I would totally watch this. This is right up my alley because I like a good expose, um, a good expose piece. So that's totally why I'm interested in, in Painkiller. It's funny though, when, when I was reading it initially, I was like, is this a remake of um, Lady Killers? But it wasn't, you know, because I, when I saw Killer, I was like, no, no, that's not the same thing as Painkillers, Lady Killer. Um, but anyway, back to Painkiller. I would totally watch it. <laughs> It has absolutely nothing to do with Lady Killers. I know! That's what I said when I saw Killer! <laughs> with a chicken fried Tom Hanks. Ain't got nothing to do with that. <laughs> My goodness. I thought you were going to say 
is it like dope sick? Because have you seen dope sick? I haven't. Mm-hmm. I haven't. But same story. Mm-hmm. Just like we had uh, love and death come after candy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, if you've seen this, you've heard the story before. That was dope sick was twenty twenty one. Okay. Producer, so two years ago, and that's available on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, there have been documentaries, there are books, there's all kinds of reportage mm-hmm. about the opioid crisis, Purdue Pharma and the Sacklers. So it's out there. This is not a new story. No. Now, what they do at the beginning of each of the six episodes is they actually have a loved one of someone who died because of mm. of OxyContin. Mm-hmm. So that's how they start. It's not a long intro, but I thought that was a smart touch. Um, And it is from the co-writers of A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Mm. which I liked. I like that. And the sequel to Maleficent. Mm. So who knows what the writing's going to be like. (laughs) 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 And I think some of the writing was a bit clinical, um, meaning it's there to set something up, Mm. not to tell us something. Because Uzo playing Edie is the narrator. Frankly, I think it was too much narration, mm-hmm. too much of her talking to these lawyers to set things up. I even wrote some of what an exchange was between all of them. What about you, Miss Flowers? What motivated you? The only thing I had, work. That's it, just work, just work. And then you go back in time. No. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not even the worst exchange, no. Oh, man. No. So it's not special. It needs to be, or why is it here? We've seen it before. If you've seen Dopesick, mm. so that's this show's challenge. Now, of course, they started, I think it was supposed to be released last year or something. I don't know what happened. That's mm. not my problem. So the narration was an issue. Uzo, of course, does what she can. Mm-hmm. You know, she's always going to do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Like one time she like wiped the table off when she got there and like did some hand work like that. <laughs> I'm not buying it. I know those tricks. I'm not buying it. <laughs> and so over the course of these episodes, it just gets a bit stale. I wanted more of her in the past at work. Now you get there, but this is starting the show. It was just like, mm. Mm. also at the beginning of the show, when it comes to how they depicted the Sacklers, I was thinking, okay, I think you're making fun of them, but they didn't go far enough. The first group scene with all of them in there and they're figuring out what to do to save money, you know, and to save their uh, legacy and so on. I just thought it was a bunch of, you know, fake, you know, makeup and wigs and, you know, attitude and desperation and outrage. Mm -hmm. It didn't click. I wanted them to go further than they did. Mm -hmm. That was the issue. Um, but I do think that Matthew Broderick managed to cut through all of that. He kind of saved it from going bust. And I think that the way they use his character, Richard, and Clark Gregg's Arthur, the uncle who started it all, that was the inventive part of this show. Mm-hmm. I think they should have used that more. Mm-hmm. Uh, because what happens is Arthur's gone. Mm-hmm. We see how that happened. But Arthur is in Richard's head. So he essentially talks to him like he's there. Mm -hmm. So I think that was the thing that they could have used to distinguish this show, but it's not. 
that's just a part of it. Um, and in comparison to Dope Sick, I'd go with Dope Sick outside mm-hmm. of that relationship. Uh, you get uh, Taylor Kitsch's character's family, that whole devastation, but Dope Sick, like mm-hmm. not really new. It's sad, but it's not new. Yeah. Um, there was also an opportunity when, and it was in the plot summary when uh, Edie confronts the sales trainer, mm-hmm. Britt. Mm-hmm. You expect it to be more of that. It's, that's it. It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like uh, more mm-hmm. of that would have made this show a bit more special. Uh, now, I will say, if you make it through the first two episodes, that's when I was really like, I mean, I could just watch Dope Sick. I don't even know the point of this. Mm-hmm. In the third episode, they loosen things up a bit. The whole Sackler thing started to work, making fun of them. And that's when I was like, oh, I think you've gotten it. No, they they don't keep doing that, unfortunately. Okay. They didn't run out, run with that. It's fine. But this needs to grab you by the throat. It needs to suck you in the gut. I think mm-hmm. director Peter Berg, whom I respect, doesn't quite land the story's multiple point of view structure. But he does manage to tell this story in six episodes instead of Dope Six Eight. So there you go with Painkiller. Killer. All yeah, right. Is cool. Yeah. See. I'm still watching yeah, it. Yeah, I, I still watch it. But you haven't seen Dope Sick, so. Yeah, I haven't seen what Dope Sick. It seems mm-hmm. like I should probably start with Painkiller based off of what you're saying. No. Well, because if, if I want to watch Dope Sick, then I'm not going to want to watch Painkiller. There you go. And that's okay. <laughs> you, look, you always start with what's best. Are you? Are they paying you to watch something? No. You start with what's best. <laughs> now, if you want more of it, or if you want to see some of those other wrinkles, then I would go to mm, Painkiller. Pain yeah, that's how I would work it. I didn't love Dope Sick, but I thought it was more successful. I'll put it this way and we'll end it. There were moments in Dope Sick when they really had me. It just wasn't consistent. Here, I didn't ever really feel that way, partly because I've seen it before and also because the execution wasn't as crisp. Mm. Yeah, Got it. Okay. All right. Thanks for joining us. For up-to-date info and to share what's on your watch list, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at Why Watch That and on Twitter at WWT Radio. Also, you can visit us at whywatchthat.com. And while you're at it, don't forget to go ahead and rate Why Watch That Radio on iTunes. Let's keep the conversation going. <laughs>